Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Wrestlers can have moments in time where they connect with an audience, get some momentum behind them, and turn themselves into stars. On the other side of this, though, there are times when these opportunities end in disappointment and a talent is left scratching their head as live audiences don't react and TV audiences change the channel quicker than when I do when my wife walks in and I'm watching NXT 2.0. It's not what it looks like! With that in mind, I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, and these are 10 wrestlers that bombed twice. Number 10. Mabel and Viscera. Nelson Frazier never clicked with audiences quite as well as he did during his initial run as part of the rapping babyface Men on a Mission tandem. From there, each character tweak and new gimmick fell flatter than Andy Murray's favourite alligator. While some superstars bomb because a company has little faith in them, the first lull of Frazier's career came because WWE put faith in him. Spectacularly, Mabel would be released by the promotion barely six months after his King of the Ring win. He would make his full-time return to the company at the 99 Rumble, soon taking on the Viscera persona as part of The Undertaker's ministry. By August 2000, Frazier would again be gone from WWF and subsequent returns as the world's largest love machine and Big Daddy V, both absolutely tanked. Number 9. Jinder Mahal whether it was at the side of the Great Carly against the Great Carly, or as part of 3MB, Jinder Mahal's first WWE run, which started in 2011, got progressively worse before the performer was released from his contract in mid-2014. Of course, Jinder's return to the company two years later, famously, or should that be infamously, led to him defeating Randy Orton at Backlash 2017 to become WWE Champion. One cannot argue the incredible shape that Mahal got in himself into by the time of that return, thanks chicken and broccoli, but even the biggest of Jinder fans would surely find it tough to claim the modern day Maharaja's run as WWE champ was anything but a complete failure. Jinder made the WWE title picture into must miss TV. AJ Styles brought his painful 170 day reign to an end on a November 2017 episode of Smackdown. Number 8, Mordecai and Kevin Thorne. Fertig began appearing in SmackDown vignettes to hype the impending arrival of Mordecai in 2004, a religious knot who was out to punish any and all sinners, and was earmarked for a WrestleMania 21 match against The Undertaker. Instead, though, Mordecai's run on the main roster lasted barely two 
months before he was sent back to OVW, where he'd be released almost immediately. That was until WWE relaunched ECW. Oh, good. There, Furtick would resurface as Kevin Thorne, a vampire character who was intended to be aligned with Gangrel before those plans were changed. Much like 95% of the WWE iteration of ECW, Thor's time there was a dud and he'd be sent back to OVW in early 2008 and would depart WWE entirely the following January. Number 7. Isaac Yankum and Fake Diesel As Kane, Glenn Jacobs portrayed one of the greatest creations in WWE history and rightly landed himself a spot in the company's Hall of Fame in 2021. Of course, nowadays, he's of course just a bellend on Twitter. Prior to becoming the Big Ray Machine, though, Glenn's initial forays into World Wrestling Federation landed him with two personas he will be eager to forget. First up on that front was Isaac Yankum DDS, the villainous dentist of Jerry Lawler. The Yankum character debuted in mid 1995 and soon became embroiled in Lawless feud with Bret Hart. What is your obsession with occupational gimmicks, Vince, you mad old bastard? Unsurprisingly, DDS was off TV by April 96, but resurfacing that September, Jacobs was then tasked with taking over the diesel shtick from a departed Kevin Nash. That was officially just a bag of wank. Number 6. Alberto Del Rio and Alberto El Patron Del Rio was pushed hard in WWE, winning the Royal Rumble just five months after making his in-ring debut. A WrestleMania 27 match with the World Heavyweight Champion Edge would follow, a Money in the Bank briefcase win would happen in July, and Del Rio would cash in on CM Punk to become the WWE Champion at SummerSlam 2011. Despite tangling with all of the company's top stars and amassing four World Champion reigns, Alberto would be fired for unprofessional conduct in August 2014. By October 2015, Del Rio made a well-received return to WWE at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, answering John Cena's open challenge and becoming the new US champ. That run quickly fell flat, though, and ADR was granted his release just 11 months after re-signing with WWE. He would bomb again just over a year later, although this time for very different reasons. Having unified the Impact World Championship and the Global Force Wrestling Championship as Alberto El Patron, the star would be stripped of his gold and suspended by Impact Wrestling in July 2017 due to a domestic abuse incident involving then-partner Paige. It didn't take long for Impact to outright fire El Patron with him being released the following April after no-showing a cross-promotional show that also featured Lucha Underground. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be 
big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Number five, Michael McGillicutty and Curtis Axel. (sighs) If only Joe Hennig could have been, well, Joe Hennig. We'll never know if the son of Mr. Perfect and the grandson of Larry the Axe could have become a serious player in the industry, but he'd have had a hell of a better chance of doing so if he wasn't lumbered with the ludicrous Michael McGillicutty moniker when he turned up in the original game show iteration of NXT in 2010. Q infamous genesis of McGillicutty. Gillicutty promo. Sure, his initial main roster run as part of the Nexus saw him become a WWE Tag Team Champion, but the third generation star was back in NXT barely a year later. After two years away from the main roster, the Minnesota native returned to Raw under the guise of Curtis Axel and under the stewardship of Paul Heyman. Despite holding the IC title for five months, Axel became an afterthought on WWE programming, and it didn't take long for the Axeman to start doing daft bollocks like Axel Mania the Social Outcasts, and later, the Miztourage and the B-Team. Number four, El Gigante and Giant Gonzalez. By all accounts, George Gonzalez was a lovely, lovely bloke. Unfortunately, he was also an awful awful wrestler. Billed as 8 foot tall and 460 pounds, it is easy to see why any and all wrestling promoters would be tripping over themselves to bring the Argentinian into their promotion. After knee problems brought a halt to Gonzalez's NBA career before he could even get going, Ted Turner decided to take a punt on the Giants and sign him to WCW in 1989. With barely a year's training under his belt, the then 24-year-old made his WCW bow at Capital Combat Return of the Robocop in May 1990. Despite mixing it up on TV and live events with top stars such as The Four Horsemen, Sting, Lex Luger, Paul Orndorff, Junkyard Dog, The Steiner Brothers and the smooth Silk Bobby Eaton, it just never clicked for El Gigante as the top tier player in WCW. Skip ahead to the WWF Royal Rumble 1993 and George as Giant Gonzalez arrived in Vince McMahon's sports entertainment juggernaut and was immediately paired off with The Undertaker. Following successive losses to the dead man at that year's WrestleMania and SummerSlam, Gonzalez was out of WWF by October 93 after failing to substantially impress company higher-ups. Number 3. Ultimate Warrior Some might argue that the Ultimate Warrior's solitary run as WWF champ was a dud, but it's tough to properly poo-poo this initial WWE run. (laughs) Poo-poo. Even if you take into account the post-SummerSlam 1991 suspension slash resignation, the return at WrestleMania 8, and the post-SummerSlam 1992 drug test failure and exit that that caused. What was totally farcical, though, was Warrior's extremely brief WWF 1996 run and his not-quite-as-brief-but-still-super-short 
WCW run in 1998. Amidst plentiful hype, that 96 return saw the Ultimate One show up to dominate. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hunter Hearst Helmsley at WrestleMania 12. I wonder whatever happened to that guy. Just six matches and barely three months later, though, Warrior was fired after no-showing several house shows. Skipping ahead to 98, the real-life Jim Helwig had a dreadful six-month run in WCW that's best remembered for spooky shit and a god-awful rematch with Hulk Hogan at that year's Halloween Havoc. Number two, Psycho Sid. Upon landing in the then-WWF as Sid Justice in mid-91, the famed softball enthusiast could have feasibly made for a great monster heel world champion. Feeling fresh and unlike anything on the roster at times, Sid's quest for the WWF Championship at that point just fell short thanks to fellow heel Ric Flair and the Nature Boys legendary Royal Rumble 1992 victory. Justice would depart WWF shortly after his WrestleMania 8 showdown with Hulk Hogan, but a return to the promotion would eventually happen in 1995. As part of what would become a two-year stint with the Federation this time around, Sid, now known as as Psycho Sid would amass two reigns as the WWF champion. Sadly, both of these reigns flopped hard. The first world title win came at Survivor Series 96, where Sid defeated Shawn Michaels for the gold, simply because the heartbreak kid refused to drop the company's biggest prize to Vader. Still, Sid would end up back with the WWF championship in time for WrestleMania 13, where he and The Undertaker headlined the showcase of the Immortals with the lowest buy rate in history and... Shit the bed. Yeah. Number one, Jeff Jarrett. Ain't he great? Uh, yeah, kind of. Sometimes. Across his time in WCW and TNA, Jeff Jarrett is in the record books as a 10-bloody-time world champion. As an in-ring talent, the third-generation star was undoubtedly a great mechanic, a trusted hand, and could work with pretty much anyone on the card. A decent talker who could generate steady heat, even if said he often relied on the easy out of guitar shots. Nobody can say that Jeff Jarrett was bad. The problem is the chosen one was one of those talents who makes for a solid upper mid-card heel rather than being the person to steer the ship at the top of the mountain. In the space of the company's final year, Jeff won WCW's top prize four times. The World Heavyweight Champion for a cumulative 59 days, Jarrett's time on top did zero to halt WCW's nosedive. For his six reigns as the man in TNA, the blame very much can lie with Jeff, though, for he was the person who co-founded the promotion and so often handled the creative. A total of 
1,006 days leading the charge there. J-E-double-F again struggled to be any sort of genuine double D, double R, double A, double W. I'm trying to spell the word draw.